to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Well, thank you, Billy, and welcome to another Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. Our own Casey Shepard had the opportunity to talk here in recent days with Jed Green. Jed is the founder of a group known as Oklahomans for Responsible Cannabis Action. It's an Oklahoma-registered and based 501c4 not-for-profit corporation. From the Orchid website, they say they support the growth and development of the Oklahoma cannabis community. Casey and Jed will talk about Orca. We'll talk about where we are, especially in rural Oklahoma, as regards growers of medical marijuana. We're back with Casey and Jed in just a few moments on the road to rural prosperity. Midwest Farm Shows is the longest-running sponsor of our daily Farm and Ranch email and operates the two best farm shows in Oklahoma. The Oklahoma City Farm Show just completed another successful run at State Fair Park, and preparations are underway for the upcoming Tulsa Farm Show, December 9th through 11th. For more information on the Tulsa Farm Show, call our show manager, 507-437-7969. Also, check our website, oklahomafarmreport.com, for details about how you can sign up for our daily farm news email. Talking today with Jed Green. He's the director of Oklahomans for Responsible Cannabis, the action group. And Jed, I know that you are the author of two cannabis petitions that uh, that went in a few weeks ago. Can you tell us a little bit about those petitions? Uh, to give credit where credit's due, those petitions have been built uh, in, in kind of our cannabis community the last three or four months. We did a lot of it with the public posting and public comment period. Got a lot of uh, feedback from uh, folks in our community, businesses, patients alike, um, reached out to a number of state agencies and uh, uh, legislators and such. And then, you know, just folks even outside our communities, you know, we're uh, there's a lot of us here in the state. So we, we worked on putting those together and then we uh, filed them here about a week and a half ago. One is for uh, uh, to enshrine uh, constitutional rights for patients and then also to do some uh, uh, some things, uh, namely creating a new state agency that would actually help uh, bring uh, all things cannabis, be it marijuana and hemp, kind of under one roof with a lot of deference to uh, Department of Agriculture and how that's done. Um, but to kind of get it all under one roof, because it would it would actually uh, it would actually kind of streamline uh, bureaucracy and regulation for us as an industry, and then also uh, get some efficiencies in there for the the state as a whole. So there's a there's a lot going on in that. And then there is another one that is for uh, uh, what we all know is recreational uh, marijuana use for those 21 years and older. We we believe it's a right to use type of a thing. Um, and a lot, a lot of folks, we've got a lot of folks that are for medical and against recreational. And, uh, you know, we get it. We want to offer Oklahomans a choice. And we want to point out that, you know, with where we're at right now, that until we get things, until we basically get recreational done, we're in a weird gray area that's in large part due to the federal government in action. Um, but it also basically presents our state a choice. And that's, uh, you know, where do we want the dollars from those products going? Do we want them going into local businesses and state coffers, or do we want it going into the hands of uh, cartels? 
Well, there's been a lot of uh, a negative talk and just really a lot of talk in general because it seems like we, we just aren't quite sure what we need to be doing as a state. So tell us about some of the issues that you've heard about mainly. Well, you know, and, and this is something uh, uh, that we, we address a number of these following issues uh, in our petitions head on. You know, a lot of us are, you know, are farmers, you know, we uh, uh, we do this. And so what we've seen three years in is we've seen some uh, some definite impacts. And a lot of it has been in uh, uh, rural communities, uh, things such as uh, questions about uh, liability issues surrounding herbicide and pesticide drift and since an interim study that had gone on a few weeks ago, uh, I've, you know, I've reached out and had the opportunity to talk with uh, uh, some folks in the barnyard that, uh, you know, that had voiced a lot of concerns and start to work with them. For example, on the drift issue, you know, one thing that was talked about was uh, lack of these outdoor grows being in the sensitive crop registry. So we've reached out to ODAF and OMA, and, you know, been facilitated by some uh, other folks and, you know, we're having some conversations and you know, we found that one thing that we can immediately or relatively immediately do is to get all those grow licenses in that registry, uh, registry so the aviators can see them, you know, or have the opportunity to see them. Now, there's still some other issues there. You know, we're hoping the legislative session, we could kind of work this type of stuff out. But, you know, folks are, you know, you know, that issue, you know, we're working in real time to try to help address that. You know, we we understand that there's a hesitancy on insurance because of uh, the newness of the crop and the questions about valuation of the crop. Uh, in some of our discussions, we've been reaching out. Uh, the cannabis insurance is something that has been coming online. And so uh, as a community, we know how to value it. And so we're reaching out and saying, hey, this is kind of what that could look like. And here's what these policies look like. And trying to respond with solutions as opposed to fighting about stuff when it's just, you know, you know we've been listening. And so there's that on, on, on that issue. And then on the, uh, on the water, you know, we know that uh, we've had a lot of taxing on some of the rural water districts specifically. I mean, if you're on a well, you're on a well, you know, if you're city water, that's a little more restricted, but it's the rural water district. So, you know, we've proposed some things to get dollars uh, uh, that way to help out with that. But, you know, the big problem that we hear about uh, and we see, I mean, I see one a mile and a half up the road from where I grew and we've we've had an influx of basically uh, uh, illegal operations. Now, first, we've had an incredible nationally recognized program. You know, we came out the gate hot, and created a billion dollar industry that has directly generated, you know, 40 to 50,000 jobs in our state as big economic impact locally. Been no better roses, but the problem we've had is a lack of law enforcement first two and a half years of the program. We've been screaming about it from our end. And fortunately, you know, we're seeing that OBN has stepped up and even our marijuana authority has, uh, 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 has really started to come online here the last couple of months and is starting to take some action. So we, you can't have a, an open market without some enforcement. And some of the things that we're seeing here are, are, are kind of some of these issues are kind of too are generated by that lack of enforcement. Well, and I mean, we one are, of the things that, that I've heard about just, you know, I'm from Western Oklahoma is just the land, buying up the land and some folks not knowing who they're selling the land to and getting the licenses and, and things like that. Right, right, right. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm familiar with the area. I've been uh, 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 working around uh, north of Foss Lake here the last couple of years. Yeah, the land issue, uh, the, the land issue is interesting. Um, 
Yeah, a couple of perspectives on that is that, you know, we, we know that farmland values are up 10 to 15 percent nationwide over the last year, year and a half. So we are seeing some generic movement that way. You know, we've seen a lot of uh, private equity firms, some like one led by Bill Gates, are just gobbling up farmland across the United States. And we've also seen a lot of foreign interests uh, working to gobble up land just generically, not so much even in Oklahoma. Now, here in Oklahoma, what we've seen is, yeah, we've definitely seen a, a good number of instances where someone would come in and offer way more than what the land was worth, per se, and buy it up and then convert it to a marijuana grow. Again, I think we had more of that than what we should have uh, due to a lack of enforcement, but let's talk about where we are. So as enforcement comes online, you'll see those type of purchases start to run down. We pay pretty close attention to land cost, and it looks to us like some of those inflated values are kind of local where there was an organized effort to implant a bunch of illegal grows. So a lot of those grows we expect to see through enforcement coming off the books and ceasing operations. We've already seen a lot of that happening in the field. That's also exacerbated by a glut of product on the market. And so the values drop and it's, you know, the shady guys are going to start going out of business. A lot of good guys will too, but that's one of the, that's one of the, the things here is that the kind of what we see with land prices, it's there to a degree, but we also see a lot, we, we expect to see a, a lot of these places go on a sheriff's auction block at some point too. So there could be some correction there. Well, talk to us a little bit about what's going right, because sometimes we don't hear about what's going right. But are there some things going right? There is a whole lot going right with this with this program. You know, it's a unique program. Again, we've generated a minimum 50,000 jobs in a billion dollar industry overnight that has dumped hundreds of millions of dollars into state, county and local coffers. We have seen in, you know, some municipalities and towns that had a rotten downtown that this industry has revitalized that. We've seen a lot of ancillary jobs get boosted. You know, a lot of folks always say, well, you know, we, we just need another oil. Well, regardless of it being a green oil, it's, it's here. That's what's going on. And one thing we have to also look at is that outside of what we're doing on the marijuana side, the potential for industrial hemp in this state is incredible, absolutely incredible. And if we can do with hemp what we have done with medical marijuana, it could be just awesome, just awesome for our state. And I think, I know we can do it. We can, we can grow the stuff. It just grows like weeds here, you know? So, you know, we also look at, you know, we've got, we've got the strongest patient program in the country. We've got roughly one in seven adults are licensed medical marijuana patients. You know, they're taking advantage of, you know, this path towards medicine. So a lot of, a lot of new businesses, it's just, it's really just amazing what has gone right. What we like to say with this petition effort is that what we're trying to do is to keep the success and clean up the mess. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, talk to us a little bit about some of the misconceptions that that you hear. I mean, you're talking about from a medical perspective, because this has obviously done some really, really good things for sick folks and, and cancer patients and things like that. But tell us a little bit about some of the misconceptions that you hear and kind of try to set that straight for us. 
Well, I think the, uh, you know, the, the misconceptions that I hear is, you know, folks will say that, well, this is actually just a recreational program. And I always shoot it straight. So there is some merit to that in a sense. It does require a doctor's recommendation and hopefully a rec- a, some sort of relationship with the doctor to be allowed access to marijuana for medical purposes. Now, again, we have the most open and inclusive program in the nation. And so our state doesn't get in between the relationship of the doctor and the patient on this deal, and they shouldn't. So people say, well, it's just recreational. And, you know, I'm sure that there are folks that use it recreationally. There always have been and there always will be. And that really kind of brings us to, you know, one of the points of why we're offering a recreational option is just to say, okay, let's get the two of them separated. Let's get this thing in hand and then we can work, you know, we can work to continue to develop the program. But there's there's no getting around, you know, again, that it, it's not that our medical program is a recreational program. It's that we've got a really strong medical program and recreational has always been here. Right. And, and one of the things about that is people are going to do it, whether they can do it legally or not, if they're planning on being illegal anyway. It sounds like you guys are trying to make sure that people go through the correct channels. Well, that's right. I mean, you can't at this at, at this point in time, the best way to provide for public safety and consumer protection is to regulate it. You can't regulate it if it's illegal. Right. Have you guys, have you found that it's been a little bit harder in our state since it's not really supported by USDA? Well, now that's a really, really good question. And see, this is one of the reasons that we're bringing the uh, hemp side, uh, you know, giving, bringing it kind of in and, uh, 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 and again, not stepping on ODAF's toes, but, you know, using basically what we're doing is we're using uh, money that we're generating from the marijuana side in order to be able to allow the state to supplement the hemp program. And one of the problems that we've got there goes to the USDA is really uh, once uh, in the 2018 Farm Bill, when hemp was legalized, you know, further action was needed by the FDA to provide for consumer safety. They still have not really provided that guidance. And so, you know, in a state where we have marijuana that we test for a lot of different contaminants, that testing is not necessarily done on hemp that can also be sold as smokable flour because of lack of federal follow through. We've got a gray area over here where um, we're doing a really we're, we're doing a good job on what we need to do to provide for consumer safety on the marijuana side of cannabis. But on the hemp side, there's a big old hole right there. You know, we expect upon federal legalization of marijuana, whenever that happens, it's going to be the same thing. They're going to defer to states rights like they did under the 2018 Farm Bill. And then whatever our program is in place is what we enter the national market with. And so. Again, it's just another reason to get it together because it's not just on the on the you know marijuana side. Okay, recreational, we got to legalize it to regulate it. But we we as a state need to pick up the ball, and it's going to take us as the people giving that authority, say over to ODAF and over to OMA, in order to provide for that consumer safety on the state on the state level because of lack of federal action. Because if you regulate it, then you know what's in it, and it's a lot safer for consumers. Exactly. I mean, if you re- see, so so here's another thing. You know, we hear about this uh, 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 THCO acetate recently, delta eight, delta ten THC that are being derived from legal hemp, 
that will have legal hemp grow, cert- USDA certified hemp, and you can extract the CBD oil out of it. And then in the laboratory, convert that to THC of different varieties. And so what is actually occurring is that we've got legal THC coming in from the certified hemp side with FDA doing nothing to step in on this, okay, through any regulation. So you can actually right now get online and order THC gummies into this state and it is federally legal. So when I talk about a gray area of why we are taking these actions and why we need folks to vote for the recreational is because at that point in time, we are going to be able to actually regulate something that the, honestly, the feds have got us in a rock and hard place on this deal. So we can either take action or just keep living in the gray area with product flying all over the place with us having no authority to put eyes on it, much less regulate it. It's a situation now. Absolutely. Well, Jed, if our producers have questions, um, tell everybody about kind of where they can go to get some answers. Yeah, folks can uh, go to orcaok.com, O-R-C-A-O-K.com. And we've got both of the petitions are posted there. We've got a little bit of about us. We're actually working on more content now. We're going to really start pushing that out here in the next couple of weeks. A lot of video and stuff dedicated to these issues and talking about it, just trying to further education on it. Otherwise, I can be reached at 405-208-9449. Best way to get me is just to text me and... That's my easiest feed to pay attention to what I respond to quick if anyone wants to you know, get a hold of me. Well, Jed, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us today. Yeah, anytime. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and OklahomaFarmReport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the Funk Companies.